When legendary musician Prince died in April, countless people paid homage to his songs, creativity, and influence in the music industry. One thing people didn't realize was that, like many everyday people, he didn't have a plan for his estate in the case of his death. So the first thing Prince did wrong, he didn't even leave a will. Nothing. Zilch. Nada. Zero. So, so a lot of people ask, well, if I don't leave a will, what happens? You know, what, and the, what the answer is, it's called dying intestate. And the, the laws of intestacy, the state says who gets your stuff. If you don't say anything, the state will decide. And basically, they look at your relatives. Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Management Decisions. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Today, we take another look at the management of your finances as we focus on the importance of estate planning, which, as you heard in the intro, was not a part of Prince's priorities. Joining us to discuss what you can learn from Prince's mistakes, we have Alex Manassa, Senior Financial Planner for Zarka Financial. Alex, thanks for coming back to LJN Radio. Well, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. A rather interesting topic that we're focusing on today. Uh, It's topical, and as you said before we came on the air, people are interested in the lives of celebrities, but in this case, we're talking about the untimely death of Prince, the legendary musician, but not necessarily about what happened specifically with him, more so what is happening with his estate and the mistakes he potentially made. And uh, I guess, can you give us some insight into maybe some of the mistakes that he did make? Yes. uh, As a financial planner, you know, one of the things I always work on with my clients is estate planning. It is so important for everybody to do some sort of estate planning. The first thing is to understand what that means. That really just means put together some plan for how it, when you pass away, how your assets help the people that you care about. That's that's really what it's all about, and everyone needs to sit down and do a few basic things. And sometimes we can learn from celebrities. We can learn from their mistakes uh, to, to not repeat them. And let me tell you, the Prince situation is the mother of all estate planning disasters. So there's a lot to learn from what, what's going on right now with Prince. Well, and as I, I said to you, when I coming in this morning, I had heard some details about uh, if anyone was going to claim that they were a part of Prince's family, that they would have to prove their, you know, their DNA and pay for the test and all this kind of stuff. But as far as the financial side, where did he go wrong? What were some of the issues, some of the problems? Let's talk about this. The, the first thing everybody needs to understand is you must have a will. Mm-hmm. A will is that document everybody, everybody pretty much knows when you pass away. It tells uh, the world, what you want to have happen to your assets. Now, there are exceptions uh, to the, where, where your assets can go to people other ways, and we need to talk about those. But let's start with the will. The first thing to understand is the will is probate. The, the probate process is the will. In other words, the will goes to the probate court, and it's a public process. And we'll talk about Prince in a second here. It's a public process by which um, uh, the court has a bunch of rules and time limits and fees and regulations as to how it goes through that process, and the beneficiaries get the stuff. So the first thing Prince did wrong, he didn't even leave a will. Wow. Nothing. Zilch. Nada. Zero. That's crazy. So, so, there's ab- so a lot of people ask, well, if I don't leave a will, what happens? You know, what, and the, what the answer is, it's called dying intestate. And the, the laws of intestacy, the state um, says who gets your stuff. If you don't say anything, the state will decide. And basically, they look at your relatives. Okay, it's like a relative tree, you know, they, a tree of uh, inheritance, etc. So they start with your spouse, and then and they keep looking. If there's no spouse, you know, they look at your children. If there's mm-hmm. no children, then siblings, and then your parents, and then it goes out farther and farther. So Prince left 
no will. Hmm. So un- he, he died in Minnesota, uh, a Minnesota resident. Under Minnesota law, your siblings get your, your inheritance. So um, here's, here's interesting point number one. Under Minnesota law, half-siblings are treated the same as full. Oh, wow. He has at least five or six people, most of which are half-siblings. Uh, and they're going to get equal shares with, uh, I believe he had a sister with his, his natural siblings, so his full siblings. So that's the first interesting point. Uh, it doesn't matter if he knew them, if he liked them, if he would have. And by the way, we're talking about a lot of money. Right. We're talking about <laughs> 200 to $400 million of value. Okay, uh, and so can you imagine these half siblings and these these people who maybe he didn't even uh, associate with, right. maybe he didn't even like? It doesn't matter. Under the law is the law, you know. Uh, so that's interesting point uh, number one. Number two, if you can, you want to avoid probate completely. Now there's ways to do that, and and make sure and ask me in a moment how to do that. But see, because if if you go through probate creditors have the right to go after your assets to make claims against your estate and and here get a load of this okay some guy is filing suit that he's uh, he, he's uh, do everything from the estate he claims they had a verbal agreement that for, that in exchange for quote help with prince's career unquote that he was that prince offered him a uh, billion dollars. So he's filing suit for a billion dollars. Now, who knows how far it'll go, but can you imagine what a nuisance this is going to be? Sure. And because everything has to go through probate, because there was, um, Prince didn't do what he should have done to keep things out of probate, this guy gets his day in court. Okay, can you imagine? And, and uh, whatever evidence he has of this verbal agreement, et cetera, et cetera. Apparently, he had sent Prince a letter years ago uh, making his claim, and it, it was not acknowledged by Prince. And he's claiming, well, not acknowledging it means he didn't deny it. And he's using <laughs> that letter from, from the past as evidence. So that's another um, uh, tidbit, okay? Third, um, there is so much that Prince had, and we don't know what he would have wanted to have happen. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of the vault? Uh, only because I was clued into it before our interview. <laughs> okay. Prince apparently left a secret vault, and this exists apparently, uh, with a bunch of music that was never released. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they say it's more music than he actually ever released in his life. Oh, There's wow. more music in this vault, okay? Now, at times, he had said he wanted to burn all that stuff it, after he died. At other times, he was quoted as saying that he wanted it released. Mm. So we, we'll never know what he wanted to have happen. But guess what? Now those half-siblings and siblings, they're going to be in charge of, of what happens with all, that, all those songs. And also the future royalties from his existing music. You know, his sales skyrocketed uh, once he passed away. Sure. That's very common. Uh, that happens with a lot of celebrities. They get more popular for a while after they pass. So um, all of this, all of this hassle, it's going to be tied up in court for years, mm-hmm. hundreds of millions of dollars. A lot of it is going to end up going to guess who? The lawyers. Oh. The lawyers are going to get a lot of it because they're going to fight in court uh, all over things that uh, Prince could have made clear right. uh, himself. So um, another thing he could have done, he could have made his desires clear, and he could have transferred everything into a trust. Mm. A trust would be totally private. Nobody would know. It would be private, and he could explain exactly what he wants to have happen. He could have explained who he wants his beneficiaries to be. Uh, He could have had all of that done, but he didn't do any of it. A trust is one of the main ways to avoid probate. 
if you want to avoid probate, the, the, you know, all that public nature of everything, right. all the, the creditor claims, all the time limits, the statutory fees. If you want to avoid all of that, you want to avoid probate. A, a trust is one way to do that, to put your stuff in a trust. Uh, then when you die, everything avoids probate. But you know, there are cheap and easy ways to avoid probate that are even easier than a trust. I don't know if you knew that. I wasn't aware, and I, I, I would guess a lot of our listeners aren't, so uh, fill us in. We all like cheap and easy, right? Uh, <laughs> that's a lot better than complicated and expensive, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, first of all, your house, any real estate that you have, if it's titled joint with right of survivorship, this is typical for married people, usually the best thing. If you have not just joint, but if you have that right of survivorship, that means that if you die, your half of the house goes to, your, to the other joint owner, usually your spouse, mm-hmm. with no probate. Your spouse would never have to go through probate to get, to get that house. That's a very good thing for a lot of people. Again, I'm not saying for everybody. I'm right. giving you blanket information you know, that is generally applicable. For sure. Number, no, so for any real estate, it should be either jointly titled with survivorship or if you're not married uh, or don't want to give joint control right now, for example, if you're widowed or single, you can make your house title transfer on death hmm. uh, in, in most states. That means you're not giving anything away while you're alive, but if you die, it, it, it goes to whoever you named without probate. So uh, keep that in mind. Joint with survivorship or transfer on death for real estate. That's, that'll take all your real estate right out of probate. Number two, beneficiary designation forms. If you have a 401k at work, if you have an IRA account, Okay, if you have life insurance, all of that goes to whoever you named on a beneficiary designation form. Each of those accounts has its own form. And Mm -hmm. if you name someone who outlives you, they get the money with no probate. So you can have a million dollars in your IRA. If you pass away, the beneficiary on that form gets it. No probate. Okay, so that's important. If you have life insurance, a $2 million policy, you die, two million, presto, $2 million you know, are created, the, the beneficiary will get that with no probate. Hmm. The key is you have to name someone who outlives you. Right. So you can imagine these can be more important than the will. Most people have more money in their house and in their IRA and 401k than they do in, in any, other, any other place. Right. So these forms, these beneficiary designation forms, can be actually more significant than your will. So everyone has to keep these forms up to date. Make sure you know where they are. Keep them together. Keep them up to date. Can you imagine if you get divorced and you have an old uh, form that still names your ex-spouse? Oof. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> uh, uh, and, or, or then you get remarried, let's say, and you never change your form this can be, again, this can be a disaster for people. Right. So that's really important. Uh, Another one is for any bank accounts you have, any investment accounts, bank accounts, uh, this is non-IRA money, okay? Because that's governed by the Benny designation form. You can make any CD at a bank, a checking account, any account that's in your own name, okay? Any bank account, checking, savings, CDs, you can designate those transfer on death. It's free. Just go to the institution and say, I want to make this transfer on death or payable on death. Uh, they're, they're synonymous, you know, TOD, POD. Sure. You just fill out a form. You name who gets it if you, if you die. And then presto, no probate with any of those accounts. Hmm. So um, as long as you name someone who outlives you. So 
these are critical uh, things that people need to do. So um, these are all things that regular people, even if you don't have hundreds of millions of dollars and vaults of incredible music and, you know, even if you don't have all that going on, um, these are all things people need to do to just, you know, sit down and uh, take a few minutes, make a plan to spare your family all of this trouble. Right. When do you start doing this or when, how often do you update it? I mean, is it, should you be doing this when something big happens in your life, like a, you know, a life change or you talk about marriage or kids? Do you look at it annually? I mean, what would you suggest for people to make sure they're on top of this? you hit the nail right on the head. Annually, at least to give it some quick thought, okay. but definitely when you have major life transitions, absolutely, when you get married, when somebody passes away, mm-hmm. uh, when you have children. Number two, when the children become of age, you know, when, they, when, they, when they're all over 18. Okay. Uh, if you get divorced, you know, if you get remarried, uh, these are all major life transitions where you, you probably need to update your estate planning. And then in between these events, you typically don't really have to change uh, a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a plan in place, that's the good news. You, know, you, don't, you don't have to redo it over and over and over. If okay. you have a plan in place, you have the right beneficiaries on the forms, you have a will, the other basics, uh, un- until you, know, you have another major life transition, there's a good chance you'll be all set and don't have to, oh, when you buy a new, new piece of real estate, let's say, sure. that's another, uh, or sell what you have, you know, um, that's when you need to really look at it. That was another thing, actually, that I think people would wonder, you know, with Prince, you talk about his songs, and obviously that's uh, such an important part of what he did. What is included, say, for the everyday person in your estate? I mean, is it literally everything that was in your house? Is it things you worked on? I mean, how, how do you determine what is a part of your estate? It's everything that you were titled to, everything that was titled in your name. Okay. Not just in your name, but if your name was part of any title on anything, that's part of your estate. So for most people, that would include your, your residence, you know, your real estate um, that you own. It would include your, all your financial accounts. It would include your IRA, you know, your 401k from work, mm-hmm. uh, any other bank accounts that you have. It would include your vehicles. Uh, it would include... Uh, life insurance policies that you own. Okay, those may be worth nothing uh, while you're alive. Let's say if it's a term policy, but when you when you pass away, it could suddenly be worth you know a lot of money. All of that is part of your estate. Your your personal possessions are actually normally the least important part. You know, most people their you know their used clothes, et cetera, aren't really worth a huge huge amount. Right. But that te- that technically that's part of your estate as well. Okay. Um, so it's really everything that your name is on. Sure. That's what would be included uh, for most people. Uh, most people aren't going to have intangible property like songs, right. you know. Right. But uh, in, in Prince's case, he had extremely valuable. I mean, you know, he, his, he's probably making more money now than he was uh, three months ago sure. you know, before he passed. And he'll keep making money who knows how long. I mean, Elvis, Elvis' estate, Elvis Presley still makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, oh my goodness, Michael Jackson's estate makes big, big money all, you know, even even today. Some of this can it might never end. I mean, how long do you think Michael Jackson's music is going to make money? Yeah, uh, who, forever. Right, probably. <laughs> you know, those are all uh, things to keep in mind in case you're you're in the creative arts or you do uh, you're an engineer, you have patents, you know, right. uh, that type of thing. So all of that is included in people's estates. Well, Alex, uh, you know, our time always goes by quickly with these. Tons of good information, and I think you gave all of our listeners some good insight. Unfortunately, we have to wrap things up, but I'm sure we'll have you on once again. So thanks for joining us. 
It was a pleasure. Thank you. That'll do it for us on this edition of Management Decisions. Once again, we are speaking with Alex Manassa, Senior Financial Planner for Zarka Financial, giving you some insight into how you can avoid some of the mistakes that Prince made when it comes to estate planning. If you want to let us know how you felt about this or any of our shows, send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN, and you can locate all of our shows on iTunes just by searching LJN Radio. Thank you once again for listening. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.